Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Find more episodes and subscribe on your favorite platforms. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com. In this episode, we speak with Michelle Haken. Michelle is an eighth grade teacher in New York and also does a great deal of work with ISTE, the International Society for Technology and Education. In addition to being an author of New Realms for Writing, Inspire Student Expression with Digital Age Formats, Michelle shares her work as a writer with her students, building a writing community in her classroom. Welcome to Writing Matters. Today we get to talk with Michelle Haken, who teaches eighth grade and has done so for many years uh, in the state of New York. Uh, she also is an adjunct instructor at Manhattanville College. She's done a lot of work with ISTE, the International Society for Technology and Education, and most recently is the author of a book, New Realms for Writing, which we'll talk about today. Welcome, Michelle. Hi, Troy. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm very glad to have a little bit more of an opportunity to talk to you. I feel like we have crossed paths a few times at ISTE, and I got to read and do the foreword for your book, and yet this is probably the longest conversation we will get to have in, yes. in the last year. So and I'm so honored that you wrote the foreword because of all of your writing work. It fits so seamlessly with, with what I've been doing in my classroom and what I write about in the book. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you. So. One of the things I like to hear from all the educators that join us is um, how you got to where you are. What is your path that has brought you to this role in education? What does day-to-day -day life look like for you as an educator? And perhaps you may even have a moment to talk a little bit about ISTE and the influence that that professional network has had on your life. Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, when I first started out with my student teaching way back years ago, uh, and I was doing my placement with a middle school, my mentor teacher said, if you are going to uh, be teaching young adults, you need to read young adult literature. And I'm going to make the connection between reading and writing shortly. And after that, I really started to dive into young adult literature, which is something that I became an avid reader of and was continuously bringing it into my classroom. And it sort of seemed natural with the relationship between reading and writing that, okay, if I'm going to read YA books and to interact with uh, young adult students, that I also, if I'm going to teach writing, I need to dive into some more writing. And, and in addition to like the papers and essays and projects that I did in graduate school, um, one of the challenges that my professor gave me was to start presenting and publishing the writing that I was doing around my classroom work. So um, Greg Hamilton, who is my advisor back at Teachers College, thank you so much because he put me on that path. Um, and it really just has helped me as a teacher and a teacher of writing to support my students through all the different phases of writing. Um, I happen to get involved with ISTE just in terms of expanding my professional learning network and somebody had posted up looking for articles about technology and literacy 
um, for an upcoming publication and I submitted a proposal and um, that was accepted and not only did that help me to dip my foot into writing for actual books in addition to journals, uh, but the editor of that book, Mark Gura, has become really my mentor and uh, we've done a lot of collaboration with ISTE working together in the literacy PLN. And um, I sort of had some book ideas and he helped me to uh, meet an author, an editor, and, and really like it went from there. And, and I started writing about all the things that I was doing in my classroom that I felt were meaningful and things that I wanted to share with other educators. That's fantastic. So I have two follow-up questions, actually. So one, did you start your blog, The Teaching Factor, as part of your course and what uh, Greg Hamilton had suggested? Was that your initial foray into the writing world? Actually, I went to graduate school so long ago, there were blogs. Oh, okay, okay. Well, so this is a recent development. Uh, my blogging started, I, 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 was a, I was part of a group of all these professional women, and one of the women in the group had started her own blog, and I thought, wow, that's kind of neat. Uh, and the more I investigated into her blog and other blogs, and I was meeting other educators, I thought to myself, this is something I needed to do. And I made a commitment uh, to writing. Uh, first, I started writing on a monthly basis, and then I met uh, Eric Byrne, who writes uh, Free Tech for Teachers. Um, he did, he, I did a guest blog post for him, and I met him at a conference, and he said, he writes four posts a day. And I was like, you're upping the, <laughs> the challenge here. So then I, it became more of a, a weekly foray for me to really uh, collect my thinking and my teaching that um, I was doing and to dabble in writing ideas and things that were just relevant in education and technology and literacy today. Yeah. And that's amazing. I was just looking at your blog and yes, you are right on the spot at least once a week you're blogging, which I wish I had that kind of consistency. So I applaud <laughs> you for that. And then also I was, I was curious to know as you were talking, so you had gamified literacy in 2017, personalized learning in 2018 and new realms for writing in 2019. <laughs> uh, dare we ask what's coming out in 2020 or are you taking uh, a little bit of a break? I, I am taking, I, I did pitch an idea to my editor, but I am taking a little break right now. Um, it, it, I thought, okay, let me just <laughs> take a breath. Um, but yes, I do. Right now I'm working on something uh, more in the realms of digital citizenship and, and, and promoting kindness and how, how the two go hand in hand as like a, a workbook for educators and students. So. So that, that's my project right now, but I don't, I don't have a goal of like 2020. I was like, okay, well, we'll gotcha. see. <laughs> gotcha. I, I can empathize. I completely understand. You got to step back sometimes. So, well, that's great. So let's hop into your classroom and kind of think about what things look like on a day-to-day -day basis. And especially one of the ideas I've been trying to hear from all our guests this season is 
that tried and true lesson, the one thing that works for you and for your eighth grade students that you keep coming back to, and you know, maybe you tweak and change it a little bit, but is there a particular assignment or a particular strategy that you have found is working really well and it's a go-to strategy for you in terms of teaching writing? Well, when it comes to teaching writing, I think uh, I would have to say like scaffolding as like a method is my go-to especially breaking down the question and creating organizers and sentence starters, particularly in the middle of the year, to show them the academic language and, and the type of evidence or that is necessary and elaboration in writing those constructed uh, literary analysis pieces and short analysis or analyses. Um, you know, I do do creative writing as well, and the essay doesn't drive my curriculum, but there is there is that practice of that academic writing throughout. And I think um, just when it's broken down and scaffolded for my students to visualize it and to collect particular evidence and then showing them ways to then move from your topic sentence into your textual evidence and then out of that into your elaboration and explanation. Um, students need that guidance, particularly, I'd say, in seventh and eighth, even in ninth grade. And, and when they have those visualization tools and and then I slowly start to take away those graphic organizers. They have had enough practice to, to move them forward to be the independent writers that they need for, for the academic essays and writing prompts. That's so important. And I would say even high school and college freshmen and college seniors and graduate students need those supports as well. So that's really great to hear that you're doing that. And is there a kind of a particular technology twist uh, that you might bring to using those sentence stems or those other types of scaffolds that you provide? I like to do short responses on Google Forms. And, and even if you break down each part of like a constructed short response as a sentence, as a question, on uh, Google Forms, it can help them to see an outline of some sort uh, when they have to then put it all together, particularly for the student who is uh, intimidated by, here's all these blank lines, what do you mean I have to fill it up? But if we just break it down in what's your topic sentence, what's your elaboration, um, that helps them. Um, and that's one great tool that I use. Um, I'm also using uh, WriteQ this year, which is a new uh, Chrome extension from Text uh, Read Write. Or, and uh, they um, are doing a lot of things with a WriteQ. And what I like about it, it yes, it has like a rubric uh, element. It's a little like, uh, it has like a turn it in feel to it uh but it also like will tell my students like your vocabulary is below grade level here are some places that you can 
boost your vocabulary or correct the grammar that they have. So it sort of includes all different uh, extensions together in this one space. Nice. And do you find that students are really taking advantage of all that data provided to them to make substantive revisions? Are you finding that that's requiring a little more coaching? What, what are you finding as they're looking at all that data that RightQ generates? Well, it's a great way for them to self, well, to look in terms of the first revision to get that computer response before they go to peer editing or before they come to me in a conference. And then it could also lead to different individualized lessons about how can I boost up my vocabulary or, you know, I, I keep making the same grammatical error. What can I do? You know, how do I work around that? Sure. Great. Great. So as you kind of look a little bit more broadly, um, at our field of teaching writing and you think about some of the trends and the issues or the so as we consider um, our field more broadly as we think about the teaching of writing and what it means to be a teacher of writing what do you see happening right now what are some of the trends what are some of the issues what are some of the inquiries that um, are driving you as a teacher of writing at this moment I mean, the inquiry and the drive is really about supporting my students and what they need individually and how, how I can help them to be the communicators that they need to be, uh, both in the world and within school. Um, so, I mean, there's a balance between, as I said earlier, the academic writing and then also the creative writing, because I want my students to be versatile in all types of writing. So as you think about that type of versatility and in, in the types of genres and activities and ways that you have them engage in the writing process, what does that look like? What does that feel like for you and for your students on a day-to-day -day basis? We have like more of a, it's a writing workshop model where you know students are writing every day as well as reading every day um, and I provide not only like read alouds but different models and mentors to look at to help us really build our our craft so I you know some days I students are just writing and then they can look at the flip videos on a google classroom for further help and we're working in conferences and other days we might be like all together in an actual lesson looking to uh, at a particular model or technique to to make our writing more clear. Oh, that's great. Are there any particular mentor texts that have really uh, stood out for your students in the last few weeks as you've gotten school started? Any favorites this year? My students are right now doing an investigative journalism piece. And so we look at different essays that blend narrative and argumentative at the same time. So I love using uh, Joyous Voladoros by Brian Doyle. That's a great piece that we look at because it's so poetic, yet it's filled with so much um, just detail and facts. Uh, this week we'll be doing Ethos, Pathos, and Logos, so I have an excerpt from Omnivore's Dilemma, and we also look at a TED Talk, so there's lots of different 
models and mentors that I use throughout. Um, I have a student essay from New York Times about um, bullying that I share with students. And then I also try to save uh, my own students' essays from previous year when they give me permission to share it as a mentor text with my students. Fantastic. Well, and what's really interesting is the New York Times has released their whole writing curriculum this year with all those example student texts and other resources. So that's yes. great. Well, and kind of keeping in that same vein then, um, and this is the hardest question I ask all season long of all my guests. <laughs> if you had to pick just one thing, one book, one uh, Twitter person to follow, one blogger, one new website uh, that is giving you good resources or an app that your students are using, I know you've already shared a few, but is there, is there one that really stands out for you, one that uh, you keep kind of returning to as uh, a teacher of writing as you're entering this school year? Uh, I would have to say, I'm going to say a person, and then you can go into all different books and, and Twitter to follow. But I, I think that Kelly Gallagher, for me, is one of those educators who is a must-read and a much must-follow. Um, I have done workshops with Kelly for more than 10 years, and I think that every book that he writes, everything that he does share on social media is so valuable about teaching English today. And he does a little both of writing and reading, but he's just got so many great ideas to share. So he would be my recommended one and only <laughs> if I have to narrow it down to one and only, which is too hard. It's like asking what, who's your favorite child? Oh, I know. I know. But I, I can understand why you would recommend Kelly. So that's great. And so, again, it sounds to me like you have a, a very robust writing workshop where you've got kids that are working on different projects. They may be involved with technology in different ways, depending on what they're doing. Tell us just a little bit more, again, about New Realms of Writing and, and the types of projects you describe in the book and what a teacher who might pick this up would be able to expect as they're learning how to use different digital writing tools with their students. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for letting me talk about the book. Um, the investigative journalism unit that my students are working on, that's really the first chapter of the book. Um, and looking at ways that we can bring our students' personal interests into our classroom as a catalyst for writing. Um, so my students take on and tackle a problem that they think that needs to be addressed in the world, and then they begin to investigate it. But there's different ways that they might share in addition to you always have the traditional write an article or write an essay, but we could turn it into a podcast. We're recording a podcast right now. I love podcasts. I, I mean, they're having students podcast in the classroom is a great uh, way to communicate our ideas. Um, and that's one piece that I talk about, a multi-genre writing. I collaborate with my social studies teacher, and we do uh, this collaborative multi-genre writing project about World War II where again, students zoom into one particular aspect of World War II and then begin to create five different cr 
creative writing pieces based off of different primary sources that they have. Um, I, I also talk about maker spaces and robots, which I'm very interested in uh, and doing a lot with this year. Uh, everything from coding to interactive uh, displays and story mapping with robots. There's a lot of creative stuff out there. And I also, you know, have had the ability to teach different electives over the years where we do more real world writing. I do a film class with my students so they create their own movies, um, storytelling like the Story Corps uh, or the Moth Radio are great avenues. So this book is really a compilation of both the academic writing that we see in traditional classrooms, as well as ways to break out of the tradition and look at some newer technologies like podcasting, digital storytelling, maker space, to movie making, to really expand and touch upon those uh, ISTE standards in in terms of creating knowledge constructors, innovative designers, and creative communicators. Sure, sure. And I know this, this might be a really big question to answer in a very short amount of time, but you've mentioned now coding and the makerspace. For someone who either is unfamiliar with those concepts or is just starting to understand those concepts, but still trying to make the connection between language arts and say coding or language arts and making, how do you normally have that conversation? And I know that could be a whole other episode of our podcast here, but maybe in just a couple of minutes, like if you had a, a colleague who came to you and was like, I really don't fully understand why I should be teaching coding and language arts. I don't really understand why I should take my students to the makerspace and language arts. What's your response to that? You know, when we ask students to create uh, writing and to write a short story and to make something up that's similar as to giving students Play-Doh or Legos or any other found object and saying, I want you to build or make me something, they're using design thinking. So... Uh, makerspace and creative writing really go hand in hand. And you can even use uh, these different tools to help build your stories. And um, that's one place to start. I know that there is a lot of questioning of, well, maybe we should just compartmentalizing. Engineering has robotics and it should stay there. And English is about reading and writing. But we live in a world where there's overlapping and multi-literacies and you know we have students who are going to be coders they're going to be movie makers they're bloggers and vloggers already why are we not doing this in our own classroom who says a display board needs to be one-dimensional or two-dimensional let's break out of that and bring in some little like robots to make it move and uh, speak back and share insight about if we're doing a poster board, say on Langston Hughes, or why not create a found poem that then has musical effects for mood and tone, or, or even it recites the poem for you. So it becomes this multi-sensory experience. And and that's really what story 
has become and is we're moving into with virtual reality, augmented reality, with things like the Merge Cube and and even uh you know, VR headsets were able to step in and create and experience new stories and world. I really appreciate what you just said a moment ago about these overlapping literacies, both digital and analog, as well as school and real world, not that we always want to separate those things. But then what, you know, this idea that what, what is storytelling becoming in our contemporary world and where are all the places in which our students will tell not only fictional stories, but also their own stories and make arguments and present information. And yes, they are going to be using these different digital writing tools in so many different ways. So that's great. So as we come to a close here, I'm, I'm really curious to hear more about some of these ideas you already shared earlier, but to reiterate, you know, what it means for you to be a teacher writer, what is the broader impact of writing in your personal and professional life? I think that um, students appreciate when their teacher is assigning something and telling them to do something and they themselves are, the, the teacher themselves is also writing and publishing and doing and living the same life that they want for their students. So when I show my students, when I give back a, a a a constructive response or an essay with feedback and questions or uh, any evaluation and my students, then I'll show them my editor's notes or my copy editor's notes so they can see that I'm in the same boat as they are. I understand that, you know, in actuality, writing is not never finished. It just sometimes has a due date. How do we make it uh, the best, uh, piece that we possibly can within that due date. Um, So as writing continues to evolve and uh, go in the stories, get multifaceted and multi-layered, you know, I really hope to bring more of that into my classroom, as well as share out all of those experiences that um, I have with my students, because I really, I don't think I could have written my books without the students that I had and how they helped me to see things in new way and and to become a better teacher. Yeah, I really appreciate what you're just saying there, like thinking about how the digital tools can give them that opportunity. They They get a project done, but then they have an opportunity to go back and turn it into something a little bit different to remix and to reimagine. And that idea that it's not done, it's just due, that is something I repeat very often in my own classroom too. So, well, I thank you so much, Michelle, for the work that you do, um, the writing, uh, everything you do with and for your students, with and for the profession. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. Writing Matters with Dr. Troy Hicks is a writable podcast. Discover more episodes and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms or check out filmed episodes on YouTube. And if you want to learn how to grow great writers, check out writable.com.